that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Sports Talker here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Just walked through the door. Coming back from Lexington, there was basketball interviews. Each uh, A few media outlets, a handful of media outlets, got eight minutes with each player. And that was going on today. So I rushed back to make sure I could get back in time for today's show. Just made it in. It was a productive interview session with all the players. It, uh, I am not allowed to talk about what was said. That's going to be embargoed until October. So you've got a long time until you're going to be able to. Until I'm going to be able to talk about that. But with that said, uh, very productive. Nothing. Uh, I, there's a lot of interesting tidbits, no doubt. Nothing earth-shattering uh, as a as a heads up, but. I spoke with a lot of the walk-ons, and I'll say this. I don't know if this is going to get me in trouble or not. They were Some of the things they had to say were, were some of the most interesting interviews that I did. It's always, I always find that story, that storyline and that dynamic of a walk-on to be very interesting. Because if you're a walk-on at a place like Kentucky or Louisville, that means you could play maybe at some smaller D1 schools. Uh, well, certainly at some smaller D1 schools and. Uh, maybe some some bigger D1 schools, obviously not any big programs like the Blue Bloods, but maybe some uh, Sunbelt teams, places like that. Anyway, so uh, productive day. So I'm just now getting back to Louisville and back into the studio. USA is playing in another warm-up game. Haven't had any chance to watch this. Haven't really seen what's going on. I do know that the United States is uh, is winning up by 11 on Slovenia at the half. But besides that, I don't know uh, what's going on. That game will be going on while the show's going on here as they begin or will begin the second half momentarily. I might pop in a, a, a storyline from that a time or two. Anyways, Yates, how are you? Are you having as frantic and hectic as a day as I am? Uh, no, not really. Just a laid back one? Yeah. Good. I'm happy to hear that. If you're happy, that that generally makes my day a little bit better. Today is National Dog Day, which I, I think people just make up national days. I, I'll be curious to see if National Dog Day is August 26th next year. But nonetheless, Yates, are you celebrating National Dog Day? Um, I did give both my dogs an extra scratch behind the ears today, sure, yeah. Oh, that's nice of you. Uh, I, I work from home, so my puppy's spoiler, spoiled in the sense that it generally doesn't have to stay in its cage or uh, outside or wherever it may be uh, for the majority of the day. Now, obviously, when I do the radio show, I can't have him running around, and there'll be some times during the day that I have to get work done, and he's being a distraction. But for the most part, he doesn't have to stay in his crate. Uh, so he's celebrating National Puppy Day while I was in Lexington all day. And, of course, my girlfriend's at work by having to be in his crate virtually all day. Just got out of it uh, and then went directly outside. So uh, he's probably not having the best National Dog Day, his first, as he's only three months old. But uh, he'll be spoiled later tonight, I'm sure, as he always is. So make sure you give your dog, uh, like Yates said, an extra scratch behind the ear, maybe a, a little doggy biscuit, whatever it may be to celebrate uh, 
I was thinking on the on the way home from Lexington um, how I could incorporate National Dog Day in the show because um, if you've listened to this radio show, why you know why the hell not? But uh, the, the only thing I could think of is if I rooted for a team that had a a dog as a mascot, I would do everything I could to get that animal as my pet. If you were a UConn fan, how could you live with yourself if you didn't have a Husky as your, as your household pet and name them maybe after your favorite UConn player of some sort? That's, uh, you'd have to. And I started thinking about what other dogs there are that are mascots. Obviously there's bulldogs, there's Huskies, there's wolf pack, which is not really a, a wolf isn't necessarily a dog in terms of a domestic pet. But if I was a Georgia fan, I'd have to have a, a, a bulldog running around the house. It, it just would add to your fandom. I, I, I do know some people that go about that, and obviously those universities do have live mascots. Uh, I just think that would be a, a nice little touch around the house to be able to have a dog. Uh, but it is kind of – I guess – I'm trying to think of other dog mascots, Yates, and you can think of any. Carmel High School in Indianapolis is the Greyhounds, so that's another dog mascot. Besides that, I can't really think of any other dogs that get represented with a with the name of a mascot. Yates, am I missing any blatant ones? Um, none that I can come up with off the top of my head. Is I mean, I don't know. I don't think this is really a dog, but isn't the Hoya's mascot a dog? The Hoya is a is a bulldog. Is their mascots a bulldog? I, I don't know if the Hoy, a Hoya. Uh, I I don't really know what a Hoya is. I've the, looked it up a thousand. Apparently, the What's Boston uni, apparently Boston University are the Terriers. Oh, there's one. Okay, you're right. You're right. I couldn't think of one. Uh, there, so there are some other ones out there. I figured there had to be at least one. But good call on the Terriers. That's not a very ferocious mascot but still that's something different but i've got a vishla you don't hear of any teams using a vishla mascot uh i think a german shepherd would be a pretty cool mascot but that might just be too long of a name uh isn't there is there a saint bernard mascot somewhere um, not, out there not that i'm aware of i actually have a, a an article pulled up that's the list of the most popular college dog mascots so we've got these are they have southern illinois salukis on here and I don't the the picture that they have associated with that. I can't tell what type of dog it is, but and, and this thing doesn't say. I don't. I've never heard of a Saluki as a dog, but that's on here. There are the great, some Albany's the Great Danes. I just thought of that one. Yeah, Albany's the Great Danes. There is John Jay College, which are the Bloodhounds. Okay, and, see that's cool. And the University of Indianapolis Greyhounds. Oh, so Indianapolis is the Greyhounds. I feel like I probably should have gotten that one with it being so close to home. But if you're <laughs> – these are some smaller colleges. But if you're a big Albany fan, per se, how do you not get a Great Dane? And, and getting a Great Dane would be a huge commitment because those dogs are pretty big. Clavy116 Texas. And I knew there was somebody that used – Now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. We're back here. Sorry about that. Had a, some internet problems as it happens every once in a while. Again, we've been better with them over the past few months, uh, but they'll pop up every once in a while. That's just the way it works. And no biggie. We were talking dogs anyway, so we'll get back 
to the sports. Thanks for being patient and putting up with us. Uh, this is the story I wanted to spend a little bit of time today uh, talking about before I found out it was National Dog Day. This story about Josh Shaw, who's a, a captain on Southern Cal's football team, USC. It, it was a, a big story. I think it might have broke yesterday. I, I was, I, I can't remember. I found out about it right after the radio show, so I couldn't spend time talking about it. But he, the the story was he jumped off the a second store story balcony into a pool into the shallow end of a pool to save his drowning nephew and is going to be out some time because of his injury from jumping off so he's going to be out but he's a hero because he saved his nephew usc told this story backed this story was happy to have a, that type of hero on his team and if that story was true there's no doubt then then you couldn't call josh Shaw anything but a hero but now he's starting to look like he possibly could be a fraud. Story is out today that USC has heard some other reports about how the injury occurred. It might not involve a pool. It certainly doesn't seem to involve his nephew. And they're investigating to see just what is true and what isn't true regarding this story. I hope that it's true. Because if you are doing something stupid and injure yourself, and there's stories all the time about players injuring themselves off the field, off the court, uh, regardless of what sport they play, it, it seems there's almost no good injury away from your sport if you're participating in something else. I, I know some coaches are pretty strict about their players uh, playing pickup basketball games or uh, getting into some other so- sort of shenanigans. So if this story is true if it turns out that it's not true that he didn't injure himself jumping into a pool uh he's gonna look like a real jerk like an idiot and we'll have to wait to see what the real story is i i just can't believe that they would go that route so if it's not true i think his best Best case scenario here is just to say exactly what happened. Maybe I have no idea what it could be and let it all out as soon as possible. I think more people would be willing to be forgiving if he did that instead of drag this thing on. The first thing I thought of when I heard that this might not be true was Manti Teo and his girlfriend hoax that became so famous uh, just before Notre Dame was set to play in the national title game a few years back and it it got me thinking which one is worse pretending to have a girlfriend and and killing her off and letting people believe that's actually what happened or making yourself look like a hero saving a life by risking your own by jumping in a pool and injuring yourself to me, I think the worst one is Josh Shaw's. Because Manti Teo got tricked. He was probably texting with this girl, this cute girl, and probably just going back and forth and getting to know each other and 
he was played like a fool. And then he got embarrassed by the whole thing, so then it was it was cover-up time. Josh Shaw, if this isn't true, which again, we'll find out soon enough, and if it is, then you know you can take this all back and, and go back to talking about him being a hero. But if this is not true, I feel like it's worse because you're fabricating a story to make yourself look better. In a quick Twitter search, again, I, I, I don't know if this is true. We'll find out. I'm not going to pass this off to say it is true. But a lot of people on Twitter are saying that Josh Shaw was involved in an incident involving a domestic abuse and jumped off a third-story window trying to escape the police. Now, if that ends up being the case, or, or anything similar to that, because, again, we don't know if that is the case or if it's not, then what an idiot. What do you do if you're USC? I, I, I think it kind of depends. If Let's say this, is, this story is true. And, again, I'm not saying it's not, but at least for just argument's sake. Let's say something like this is true. He did... He wasn't, and he was involved in the domestic dispute, and he might have been the one that was going to get questioned or even arrested by the police. You have no choice of your USC to kick him off the team immediately. That alone would be enough to maybe make you leave. And the USA game's back on, and Anthony Davis with a steal and goes the length of the court and just gets nailed. Try to put up a scoop shot for the N one, which he I can't remember who he did that against for UK, but he a very similar looking play, and he was able to make the N one at Kentucky, but he just got fouled too hard to, uh, to be able to come close against Sylvania here as they open up the half, the first minute of the second half, up by thirteen. I'll pop in and out of this game every once in a while because if you listen to the show, you obviously know how excited I am about USA basketball. But back to the Shaw story. A domestic uh, dispute and being involved in something like that is enough to get you kicked off the team alone. That's what we saw something similar happen to Doriel Green Beckham at Missouri. And, of course, now he's at Oklahoma. And mistakes happen, and sometimes you have to pay for those mistakes by being kicked off the team and hoping to get a fresh start somewhere else. But to make up a story to make you out to be this hero when it could potentially be the exact opposite is really sad, I think is the best word for it. I was almost going to say comical because it is just funny. That's the way you go about things, and that's your process of how you're going to explain this injury. But it's just sad. I think the stream cut out there for a second, so I don't know exactly where I was. But you have to hope that the story... is not not what it's looking like it's turning into. You, you, you need to, because uh, it, it, if, it, if it's that again, it's just a tragic, tragic story uh, and maybe the end of Josh Shaw's career at USC, which, des- which is rightfully, which is deserving. But we'll have to wait and see what, what goes on there. Uh, a lot being made. We'll talk more about that. And again, like I said, I'm going to pop in to the USA-Slovenia game every now and then. Talk about what's going on there. Going to talk some UK football. Cats Illustrated 
we're going to be running. We do this every year. And I, I want to talk about last year, and I want to talk about this year as well. Uh, I, I don't know when exactly it's going to run. It might run Friday. It might run Thursday. But for all my loyal listeners, I'm going to give you a little heads up. Every year we just run this college football preview where uh, the staff writers at CatsIllustrated.com send in predictions for UK season and for the national scene as well. We, here are the categories. UK season prediction. Kentucky MVP. Kentucky breakout star. SEC champion and SEC champion game. Heisman winner. National champion. And now this year, you're looking to include all the, the playoff teams as well. So before I, I give those predictions today, I'm going to give that to you for listening to the show. You, you don't even have to wait to see my predictions at Cats Illustrated. If you want to see some people I work with, you're going to have to wait. But here, here were mine last year, and it's ugly. My national title game was Alabama-Ohio State. Up until the last week of the season, that seemed like that was actually going to be the national title game, so I don't feel that bad about that pick. That was a solid pick. Alabama beats Auburn during the national title game. Ohio State doesn't lose its Big Ten championship game. They're in the they're in the national championship game. My SEC championship game was Alabama Georgia. Nobody had Missouri out of the four of us. Nobody had Auburn. Again, Alabama game away from going there. I don't feel bad about that one. And Georgia was close. Nobody had Missouri. Heisman Trophy winner. Now, this was a, a bold prediction for me, and I'm kind of, I'm a bit embarrassed about it. But at the time, it kind of made sense to me. I liked it, and I still like this player a lot. I, I had Aaron Murray winning the Heisman last year. Nobody had Winston, obviously. And I still think, and I thought going into last year, even with Johnny Manziel, I thought Aaron Murray was going to be the best NFL pro quarterback. And if he recovers fully from his injury, which it sounds like he's going to and has, I still might stand by that. I love Murray as a passer and his game. So I picked him to win the Heisman last year. That didn't that didn't happen. <laughs> Sorry. So my UK season predictions from last year, I was a, I was a bit optimistic uh, again, and I, and, that, and it makes me feel bad because I'm I'm talking about how optimistic I'm going to be for Kentucky football this year. But I said five and seven last year, and looking back, I don't know what SEC games I thought Kentucky was going to win that they didn't. Maybe the Tennessee game at home. Maybe Missouri at home or two that that would jump out to me. I, I guess looking back at last year, not knowing how good Missouri was going to be, those could have those could have looked like winnable games. Maybe the Louisville game. Again, I obviously knew that would be tough. I, I probably should have went four and eight. So five and seven, they obviously go two and ten. So that was that was off. 
Obviously, I thought they would have beat Western Kentucky for sure. Still not really sure how they lost that game. My Kentucky MVP, I said, is Darius Smith. I don't know if that's necessarily wrong. Avery Williamson maybe was probably the true MVP, but you could make a case for Zadarius Smith. So that wasn't far off. My breakout star was Javis Blue. He led Kentucky in reception, so I felt that was a good pick. And then we had to pick an upset special. Mine was Kentucky over Tennessee. That obviously didn't happen. Kentucky didn't play its best game against the Vols. So I haven't necessarily uh, done all the research I I was hoping to do, but I've got to turn this in tomorrow anyways, so I I might as well share my picks today with you all on these fun topics. And Yates, uh, Yates, you want to play along with this as well? Sure, why not? Yeah, what else you got going on? Yeah, exactly. All right, so we'll start we'll start with the UK. And again, it's only Tuesday. I was thinking about maybe waiting later in the week to do this, but uh, we, we, we've got to preview Tennessee Martin later in the week anyways. Might as well do it today. So Kentucky season prediction, what record do they finish with? Yates, I'll let you go first. Uh, actually, you go ahead. Let me pull up their schedule real quick so that I can have a better – give a better uh, prediction. Okay, that's fine. I've got mine. Uh, make sure you go to catsillustrated.com, Yates, to find that UK schedule. I'll do that. Uh, but anyways, uh, I'll – they're going to be improved. I think this year they actually go 5-7. and seven. I said that last year. I'm sticking with it this year. Uh, I don't see a scenario where they go worse – where they certainly don't go worse than three and eight, but really, in actuality, if uh, I think four and eight is a safe bet, they don't go worse than that. But I'll say five and seven. I, I think they beat Vandy, and I think they sneak out another SEC win somewhere along the road, and then win three out of their four non-conference games, giving them five wins. So that's my Kentucky season prediction. Yates, what says you? Uh, I'm I'm actually inclined to agree with that. I think I think three of four conference, non-conference wins, and I'll, I'll I'll be so bold as to predict two conference wins for them this year. I I think there's a decent chance that they could possibly get six wins. I, I think that's probably again, as as the Louisville fans say, being optimistical. Obviously, I know that was a joke, but still hilarious, that video. They they could beat Louisville. I, I think if the, it seems like it never works out for Kentucky when the game when when the Louisville Kentucky game is. If it's the first game of the year, it seems like it helps Louisville every year that it's the first game of the year when it's third game of the year. I think it helps. Louisville in that sense, too. It just never seems to really work out for Kentucky. I, I don't think last year it really would have mattered if it was third or first. Louisville's likely going to win that game. But it never seems to really work out. And obviously, if it was first or third this year, Louisville would be without Devontae Parker, which would certainly which would certainly help UK's chances. So, all right, so we both say five and seven. 
Uh, I, I think it doesn't get worse than four and eight. It doesn't get better than six and six. Again, that's being realistic. So the next thing is the Kentucky season MVP. Yates, I know that you every day you you cover and follow Kentucky football. Who's their Kentucky season MVP? Gosh, um, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. That that that's not one I'm quite ready to answer just yet. I don't, I don't know if I All know right, enough well, about about them to make I'll, that prediction. I'll say mine. If you think of something, uh, I I do. I you could make a case for some offensive players. You could say Javis Blue. You could say JoJo Kent, maybe Braylon Hurd, maybe Stanley Williams if you want to be uh, a little more bold. Maybe Tolls is a lot better than people think he's going to be and does a good job leading the offense and has a similar uh, Andre Woodson 2006 breakout year. Uh, but I think it's got to be somebody on the defense because that's where UK's best players are, to be frank. I like – you could pretty much pick between – Bud Dupree and Zadari Smith, and you probably it would probably be a good pick. I'm gonna I, I'm playing it pretty safe here and going Bud Dupree just because I think Kentucky's gonna ask more of him. They already are moving him to the linebacker position, some hybrid linebacker position, and gonna ask him to do more. So I think when you talked about Kentucky's most valuable player, Bud Dupree will be the most valuable player for Kentucky. They're gonna ask him to do a lot. And he's going to have to do it if Kentucky's defense wants to be respectable in such a tough conference. So I'm going Bud Dupree. That's the safe choice. You could have a lot more fun with this answer. You could pick an offensive guy. You could pick a sleeper. uh, But that's going to be mine is Bud Dupree as UK's season MVP. Yates, do you have anybody in mind after I rattled off a few possible names? Uh, Well, Zadarius Smith was the first name that kind of popped into my head. I wasn't wasn't confident enough to to give that right away, but I'll go with, I'll go with him. That's, uh, that's, that's a solid pick too, because like, like I say, they're going to ask Bud Dupree to do a lot while they not, while Zadari Smith might not be as versatile and they might not move him around as much. If he can't hold down that side of the defensive line and do his job, then again, Kentucky's defense won't be nearly as good as some people think it to be and it'll be flat out bad. So he also is important. So that's a solid answer. Uh, The next one is Kentucky breakout star. I'll jump right into this one. It's going to be Stanley Boom Williams. I keep saying this, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to have a huge year for Kentucky, be a big part uh, of their offense success. I I don't know if he's going to even be their leading rusher or get the majority of the Kentucky's carries, but they're going to find a way to put him in the slot. They're going to find a way to swing him to the outside and get him the ball. They're going to run screens for him. He's going to be dangerous in the kick game. He's going to be Kentucky's breakout player, and I'm fairly confident about that. Uh, there might be there might be some defensive players that jump out. Uh, there could be there's a plethora of other wide receivers that are gonna they're going to ask a lot out of. Uh, again, it could be Patrick Tolles. If he's going to have the ball in his hands every play, uh, but I, I think Stanley Williams is the easy choice for me here. Yates. Uh, I mean, what what exactly are your criteria on breakout? I have a name, but I just want to make sure that it, it fits in the criteria there. Just he he has a big year, and he hadn't ha, ha, he hadn't necessarily had a big year a, a big year previous years. 
Uh, and Stanley Williams, obviously, is a freshman, so he never has. But you get to know this guy more because of how well he plays. I'll go with Ryan Timmons then. And Timmons had a good freshman year, uh, but I think that's a good choice too because they're going to ask more out of him and they're going to get him the ball more as well and maybe make his routes a little more complicated. I think the offense uh, as a whole will be a bit more complicated. So I I think that's a good answer too. I'm As far as I'm concerned, you could have better answers than me up to this point because Ryan Timmons is going to have a good year as well. He did have a good year last year, but he can improve uh, greatly on those numbers, and I do think he will. I just think Stanley Williams will have a better year. Okay, stepping away from Kentucky predictions, uh, it's time for our SEC championship game picks. Uh, I guess Kentucky could still be involved in these predictions, but we both picked them to go five and seven. I don't know a way they could make the conference. Uh, I'm, I guess there possibly could be a way they could go five and seven to make the conference championship game. But what's you, who, who do you have uh, in Atlanta for the SEC championship game? Yates, and who's your winner? I will go with Alabama from the West and Georgia from the East. And I, I, it, you what, didn't what seem thrilled say? about you didn't seem thrilled about that pick. Is there? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I guess that's okay. I don't, that's probably the most likely candidate from the East, I guess. Um, yeah. And I'll say that. Uh, I don't know. Alabama probably wins that SEC championship game. It's just so easy to continue to pick Alabama to to go to the SEC championship game because why not? They're in the hunt every year if they don't make it every year. They should have went last year if not for uh, maybe the most dramatic play in the history of college football. That's just such a safe pick. And then even in the East, it's becoming more and more of safe picks between Georgia and South Carolina. Uh, Missouri had a great year last year and was an underrated team going into the year that a lot of people didn't talk about. I don't, they, they lost too much in my opinion to be able to get back to the SEC championship game and really compete in the East. Uh, I'm not buying Florida right now. I think it's a mess down in Gainesville and it's not going to get better anytime soon, especially not this season. So it's between South Carolina and Georgia in the East, and it's been that way for the past few years. Again, of course, with Missouri making it last year, but that shocked everybody. I'm going South Carolina again because I'm biased, and I like South Carolina. So he's the, the South Carolina's been my pick out of the East, and I'm going Alabama in the West because it just makes it—it it, it just doesn't make sense to pick anybody else. It—I it, don't know if anybody remembers back when I was talking March Madness and when you would go to pick an upset. Well, if you have your upset losing in the next round anyways, it's not really worth picking. It just made more sense to pick the favorite. Here, it just makes more sense to pick Alabama. The SEC West is loaded. Auburn's going to be very good again. I think Texas A&M's going to have a better year even without Johnny Football. They're going to have a good year. Maybe not better than last year, but they're going to be competitive. Their recruiting classes are too good. Mississippi State is a really, really good team. Ole Miss is going to be improved. So it's loaded, and it could uh, some of those other teams win. Could LSU win? 
that's one I, I've forgotten. They might have the second best chance, if not the, one of the, the better chances to win. Sure. But it's just the safe pick to pick Alabama. So that's obviously who I'm going with there. And I'll have Alabama winning it. I, I Why? I don't know. For the same reasons I have them winning the West. It's just the safer pick. It's almost getting kind of boring in the SEC. Just, uh, it's it's not when the season starts, but when predicting the outcome, it seems just you could like a broken record picking who's going to win year in and year out. All right, Yates, who's your Heisman winner? Um, I will go with Brett Hundley from UCLA. That's an interesting pick. Do you uh, want to? Well, I mean, I want to say what. I mean, it's never. I mean, it's almost never the person going into the season that you think it's going to be. And I mean, I don't think that Jameis Winston will repeat. And I don't. I mean, I get. There's probably a good chance that Marcus Mariota might win it, but I figured I'd go with somebody who's a little, little less on the radar. And, and I mean, Brett Hundley is one of the bigger names in college football this season. So it's not like I'm picking some crazy dark horse, but I, I think he's probably going to have a pretty good season. Yeah, it's just the the only reason I said that it was uh, kind of interesting to hear you pick him is just a, a West Coast quarterback that people don't really talk about here uh, in Louisville or in Kentucky that much. But it, again, if you watch college football, that's a name everybody should know. I, I I'm going to go with another. I'm not going to go with this, but I think another like you mentioned, uh, Mariota at, at Oregon is going to be. He's going to put up just ridiculous numbers. Uh, but I'm going to go – I'm stuck between these two. and I might change my mind before I, I make this official. But I, I, I would go with Todd Gurley at Georgia, the running back, just because I think he might actually be the most talented player in the country. But I also really like TJ Yeldon. At Alabama. So I, I'm between those two. Today I say Gurley. I might change my mind because uh, I think Alabama is going to have the better record. And obviously that plays an important role in the Heisman winner. I like both of those picks. I, I think those are the two best running backs in the country. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think there's much question about that. I don't think Duke Johnson of Miami is too far behind. But... When you're starting a, fr- a true freshman quarterback, it's going to be easier for defenses to key in on Duke. And I, I but I, I think he's great too. It's just I think it's going to be obviously harder for him to win the Heisman. So that'll be interesting. It's and then obviously none of us said Winston, but he's going to. You know, he's certainly one of the most talented players in the in the country, without a question, if not the most talented. But it's hard to go back to back. And who is your na- Give me your four playoff teams, Yates, with your national championship. Uh, for the playoff teams, I'll go with Alabama, since I have them winning the SEC. I'll say James or uh, Florida State, I guess, out of the ACC. I'm going to go with, since I picked him to win the Heisman, I'll go with UCLA from the Pac-12. And 
Oklahoma, I guess, from the Big 12. I don't I don't know who from the Big 10 might. I don't know. I'm not Probably not Ohio State now that Miller's out. So I'll go with those four. And I'll just, for sake of being different, I'll say UCLA. I've seen a couple other people pick UCLA before, and they do get Oregon at home, which will be big for them. I think it will be the winner of that game that will likely go on. Well, no, I don't necessarily think that. I just don't think or I don't think UCLA again, and this might just be me not knowing a lot about them. I they don't have necessarily an easy schedule, but they do go to Texas in week three. That could be a tough game for them. I they just need to show me something before I feel comfortable picking them. So I don't think I can necessarily do that. Uh, so I'm going to go with Oregon. I, I, I don't know if they will win at UCLA in that game. That'll probably be college game day, uh, primetime game. So I'll go Oregon. I'll go Alabama. I'll go Oklahoma. And I'll go Florida State as well. Uh, that's not – there's no real sleepers in there. Oklahoma's had a lot of injuries. I think th- I, I think they'll be okay though. Alabama is again just an, an easy pick, a safe pick. I, I didn't want to go with Michigan State. I didn't want to go with Ohio State. So Oregon, Oklahoma, Alabama. In Florida State, Oklahoma has a relatively easy schedule, in my opinion. Most of their tough games are at home. Their toughest road game is at Texas Tech, maybe, late in the year. So I I think they'll be fine and, and be in a good position to make the playoffs. And I'll go Alabama, Florida State playing for the title with Alabama winning. Again, I it's just it's kind of a boring pick because that's what a lot of people are going to pick and what a lot of people imagine is going to happen. It's a safe pick, but that's all I've got right now. So we need to head to our last commercial break. Fun segment, fun a fun preview segment there on 1450 the Sports Buzz. Uh, we'll be back right back for one more segment. In the desert, you can't remember your name. Cause there ain't no one for to give you no pain You're listening to The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back on the final segment here. On a Tuesday, a hot, sticky Tuesday in Louisville. United States cruising 86-62 over Slovenia. And and a tune-up game for the United States as they begin the World Cup. They've looked good. I still stand by my pick that they're going to win gold. The Ryder Cup, speaking of cups, just a month away really excited about that i don't know if i'd said it on the show before but i think one of my 
big sports bucket list items and just this would be an awesome trip regardless would be to go to the Ryder Cup in Europe and they do the Ryder Cup once every four years or once every two years so it's in the United States once every four years and Europe once every four years and I I just think that'd be awesome to go overseas. The Ryder Cup is a, a rowdier golf tournament. Obviously, most of you already know that. People cheer. Uh, there's a lot of drinking at any golf tournament, but the Ryder Cup, there's a lot, a lot of drinking. Uh, I was at Valhalla in 2008. I was not 21, so I wasn't able to participate, but. I was. I just think that'd be fun to go overseas. I've never been to Europe anyways, so to be able to go there and watch golf and cheer on USA I think would be awesome. I don't think it'd be quite as expensive as going to uh, the the World Cup and the World Cups once every four years. So I, I, I did some initial research on where it's going to be in the future in Europe, and I, and I think going to Scotland this year would be the way to go. Because Scotland is just a, a beautiful place by everything I've heard. But in 2018, it's in France. They don't have a location in 2022. But it seems that it's not going to be... It, it seems like it could be in Germany, Portugal, Spain... I just feel like if I wanted to go to the Ryder Cup, I would figure it'd be in England or Ireland or Scotland. So I I don't... To me, France doesn't jump out as a place to go watch golf. And I've had some family members go to France before and not have great experiences. So I might have to wait till 2022 and see where that is. But even then, I just... It doesn't. It doesn't seem as entertaining to me. Maybe I'll just go to the the World Cup in Russia, but that doesn't even sound entertaining. I definitely don't want to go to Qatar in 2022. So, Yates, I'm in trouble when it comes to to traveling to cheer on the United States in a sporting event. Yeah, it sounds like you might have to wait a while. I, I'm inclined to agree with you about Russia, though. I don't think that. Seems like a very enticing trip. And it's going to be one of the longest distances for travel in the World Cup. The only one that was longer was the United States back in 94. So that that would make it harder. You basically have to likely just pick one city, hope the United States goes there once, and have to take in the environment at some of the other places. And especially everything going on in Russia right now, I can't imagine it's going to be much better come 2018. I I hope it is. doesn't sound like it's going to be. The Olympics, they're in Brazil. They're in Rio in 2016. Uh, Probably too late to start planning that trip for the most part. And also... The Olympics just aren't as appealing to me. The only thing I would care about would be basketball for the most part. 
not that I don't like other Olympic sports, but I don't, I don't know if I'd want to spend all that money just to do that. So I, I need to, I need to figure out something, but I, I feel like traveling far, anytime I travel anywhere, I try to incorporate sports with it. I think anybody that loves sports or has made a career out of sports in some sense tries to do the same. So I'll have to look into some of that fun stuff, but just no, no destination that's really jumping out at me. We talked predictions today. We talked UK football, Josh Shaw didn't have a, not looking like he's going to have the best week, especially with the media. Spoke with UK basketball players today. Unfortunately, won't get to talk about what they had to say. There, there certainly was some interesting stuff there. What you can do right now, though, is is go to catsillustrated.com. There's a lot of good recruiting news. Some interesting stuff from Steven Zimmerman. It's starting to seem like he might be UK's center. I do think they're going to end up with more than one. But it seems like he might be the center that they're going to key in on. Uh, Again, I talked yesterday about Darrell Moore and, and that weird situation. Nothing there has become more clear. Just a weird situation, but I do think if you read that article, you can find that it seems like Steven Zimmerman might be might be Kentucky's top target there. So UK football will meet with the media today. They'll meet tomorrow and Thursday, and then they're done. And the next time we'll see them will be on Saturday at Commonwealth Stadium. We're going to talk Tennessee Martin later in the week. There's, there's really just kind of everything that I've learned about them, there's two players that really jump out. And one is related to my favorite football player of all time, Brett Favre. His nephew is the quarterback for Tennessee Martin, so it'll be fun to to be able to watch him go up against UK. And then this time next week, we'll be able to talk about Louisville's game against Miami. I've seen a couple different people pick Louisville uh, to lose as their ups, their bold prediction. I don't see it happening, and I think the, that the spread, the fact that the spreads at three and a half, is almost unbelievable. Louisville's going to put up big points, and Petrino's going to try to show the country what that he's back, that he's back home, that he's back in a good situation. I think Kentucky's going to put up a lot of points Saturday. I think it's going to be a good football week in the bluegrass for for Louisville and Kentucky. But I don't see an upset coming from Miami. That's all the time we've got for today. So thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with some of the streaming issues. Those seem to be fixed as time went on. And hopefully they'll, they'll be perfect come tomorrow. And it's football week. We're going to keep talking about it. So thanks for listening here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Country come below, when the city lights still glow, to my old Kentucky home, my old Kentucky home. Oh, they say welcome to the 502, take the Jordan boy and show him how Kentucky do.